Plant the flag. Plant the freaking flag. In a certain conversation that I had here yesterday in Bradenton, Florida, with a certain individual who shall not be named, but is of significant importance to the Pittsburgh Baseball Club. I must have used that phrase I don't know how many times. Plant the flag. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins that I hope you'll check out. My week has been invested entirely in baseball. That's how I cover things. When I go somewhere, whether it's a game to one of our venues in Pittsburgh or to a a place that's several states away like this, I go in with blinders, all in. And if there's one thought, one, I guess you could say concept, that kept kind of hovering over me throughout this whole trip, and I'll be flying back home today after the Pirates and Blue Jays exhibition at Lee Com Park. It was all about that planting the flag concept. There is a difference as I spoke to this individual between bemoaning the Chris Archer trade and thinking that this planting the flag concept has to be about giving up prospects to bring in veterans, you know, sending, I don't know, Nick Gonzalez and two other young kids somewhere for a right fielder. This would be idiocy of the lowest order. This would be Archer 2, only arguably even dumber. Because this team, this roster, is nowhere near being uh, the type that you'd support with a subtraction of prospects. You are still, if you're Ben Charrington, very much in the stage of grafting on more prospects, of building continuously through another draft. Not quite like the one they had last summer. That'll be tough to replicate. But with more and more and more, not less. But the flag that gets planted in this scenario is simple. Look at the field. Look at who runs out onto the grass today at Lee Comp Park or who did it yesterday and ask yourself, who are those guys that are going to be here? Who are those guys that might be here? Who are the ones that we know absolutely drop dead certain for a fact that we want to have here? One of those, one of those, undoubtedly, and the individual did not disagree, is Brian Reynolds. And Brian Reynolds, to me, is where you plant that flag. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street 
from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. For what it's worth, the individual didn't disagree. Individual referred to Brian Reynolds as our best player. We'd love to build around him. We'd love to do that. He needs to sign a long-term extension. And that way we know that we have him for more than just a four-year window whenever all of these younger players do arrive in that uh, collision course that we talk about so much here uh, occurs in Pittsburgh. And you wouldn't want at that instant to watch a Reynolds walk out the door. And if you can't, come to agreement on an extension. And of course, that does take two, as with every contract in professional sports. That's when you start looking and saying, okay, all right, maybe we should make a trade. Maybe we should move this player out and see what we can get back, especially in the way of pitching prospects, because pitching prospects are so much more valuable than hitting prospects on lots of levels. But that hasn't even begun. That hasn't even begun. I spoke with Reynolds after the game. He confirmed there's not been a single approach again. Now, this was not exactly a new thing from him. He said this a lot lately, but it was true even as of yesterday afternoon. Now, my understanding is that the team has to wait until after this arbitration mess is all sorted out and Boy, is that another story unto itself. Short explanation for that. Somebody really, 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 really blew it at 115 Federal. And that did not go the way it was supposed to go. But it's too late to clear it up now. Whatever. Move past it. The team needs to. The player, I'm sure, will. He's the one. Reynolds is the one. That doesn't mean he's going to be the team's best player, you know, for the next five, six years or however long, regardless of whether he signs an extension. Players get hurt. Players go into slumps. Other players come along who maybe can be better. We saw that in a way in the Andrew McCutcheon years. Now, Kutch was the team's best player. He was a National League MVP the one year. But other players occasionally would outperform Kutch. It wasn't crazy whenever somebody else would be the guy for a while. Thing is, Kutch was where that flag was planted. Kutch was, contrary to massive public misperception, signed to a long-term deal that cut into his free agency years is exactly the kind of deal that every team's fan base, including the Pirates fan base, constantly wants to see from their team. Did it with Kutch, did it with Marte, did it with Polanco. But Kutch, Kutch was where the flag was planted, and it worked. 
Kutch, when he went out to center field that one night at PNC Park, taking the place of Nate McClough in that really unpopular trade at the time that brought Charlie Morton and a couple other players, that was it. Kutch was the sign that, okay, this is it. Now, let's just keep adding. Let's keep growing, but let's also keep adding. Wow. I mean, the symmetry here, the symbolism, everything couldn't be more obvious. Reynolds came here in the trade that sent Kutch to San Francisco. Reynolds is that guy. The flag doesn't have to move far. There's already a nice round hole out there in center field where the last one stood. When we come back, just one question. Welcome back. Today's J1Q comes from Jason, who asks, DK, if Brian Reynolds were to be traded and not for something at the stupid level, would it be time to bring the pitchforks to Federal Street? Well, for anybody who doesn't know what Jason's referring to with the uh, the stupid level remark, uh, check out the, the full column that I wrote about all of these interactions that I'm describing with the individual and with Brian Reynolds and everybody else on TK Pittsburgh Sports. Uh, there's a lot of additional information and background in there that's exclusive to our readership. The stupid reference was to what I understand that Ben Charrington is seeking in return, he's looking for a gross overpay. He's dealing with teams, a couple of them now, uh, at least over the past few months. I don't mean now, like as in this second, between the Marlins and the Padres, who have very obvious needs and see themselves as contending. And sometimes when you have potential trade partners in a situation like that, you can squeeze out something that you might not normally get. But my understanding of all of this, again, is that he wants something that's just crazy, and he's not going to get it. It's one of a million reasons why this isn't going to happen. But if it does, pitchforks, huh? Um, I am not in the habit of telling people what to think much less what to do. When I come in front of this microphone every day and share my thoughts, they are exactly that. They're my thoughts. Uh, they're not anyone else's. They're not intended to belittle anyone else's or to support anyone else's. One of the things that gets me the edgiest is when someone says, thank you for speaking for the fan or something like that. And it sounds good and I know they mean well, but I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm not intending to do that. I'm not anybody's spokesman. To me, that would be arrogant beyond belief to suggest that I'd be speaking for you in any capacity, right? So this is just what I think. And what I think is if they were to trade this player 
it would feel uncomfortably very similar to the old kicking the can down the road accusation that I used to levy pretty regularly against the previous administration. Every time things didn't go well for the Neil Huntington group, they would look for a way, seek out a way to kick the can down the road and potentially buy themselves endless honeymoons, at least from some portion of the fan base. There are always going to be some fans who enjoy a rebuild, who love getting into prospects and projecting this or that and picturing what the lineup will look like in 2027. Those people definitely do exist. But here's the thing. You don't get more than one honeymoon if you've never had the wedding in the first place. And at least with the Huntington front office, because of things that had nothing to do with how they built the organization up or any of that kind of stuff, because they made some smart free agent signings that were recommended strongly by these really smart dudes that eventually they lost because they got sick of the way Huntington and Kyle Stark were doing things, blah, 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 blah. They at least did have those three consecutive playoff appearances. And they did have that 98-win team in 2015 that if it wasn't for the damned wildcard one-and-done format, they actually might, that's might, they didn't, have won a World Series. So they had at least bought themselves enough capital that if they had looked at their situation more appropriately after 2015, 2016, they could have done some different things and had that second honeymoon. Instead, they blew it with this mixed bag of this and that and then that completely out of nowhere Chris Archer thing. And then they wanted to kick the can down the road. And that's when it was like, wait a second, you guys have no idea what you're doing. You have no idea what you're doing. Get out of here. Oh, by the way, you never built up a minor league system of any worth in the time that you were here. So see ya. Charrington's in a spot where he actually hasn't done any of the above in Pittsburgh. That's not a place where you can be that just keeps kicking that same can, that same figurative can. This is year three for these guys, as I've been stressing a lot lately. Year one at the Pittsburgh level was a catastrophe. Year two at the Pittsburgh level was a second catastrophe. Year three is not exactly shaping to be a, a, a whole heck of a lot better than either of the first two. So if you trade Reynolds, what are you really doing? What are you really doing? Your window just keeps going back further and further. No, man. No. Can't do it. You can't trade Brian Reynolds. You can't do it. I'm not going to tell you, again, what to do about it. I know, and you can pretty much tell right now, how I'd react to it. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Pirates, uh, not just today, all week long, but you know what I really appreciated this particular week? Those of you who were kind enough uh, to... Walk up to the forlorn-looking dude uh, who was still wearing a hoodie and jeans in the 90-degree weather <laughs> and said hello or expressed uh, appreciation for this show. It's been really, really 
neat and rewarding, not just in my career, but in my life to have uh, seen how all three of the daily shot shows have um, really taken off in the past year and a half. And to hear that from people in person, you know how that is, especially after the pandemic when we weren't communicating at all. That's really, really cool. So thank you to everybody down here. And if you're at LeeCom today, feel free to do likewise. I'm sure I'll be doing a whole lot of roaming around, especially on the first base concourse side. Next show, Monday. Monday.